0: Hello and welcome to the Cleverly Changing Podcast. Our podcast is all about learning how to educate your kids. I'm one of the hosts, Elle, and this is episode 34. Today's episode is brought to you by Black Wall Street, The Board Game, and Play Black Wall Street Academy. This site supports the education of financial literacy for Black families. Visit playblackwallstreet.com and use the discount code CLEVERLY, that's C, capital C-L-E-V-E-R-L-Y, all caps, for 25% off site-wide. The discount cannot be combined with any other discounts. In this episode, we talk about a sensitive topic that may not be suitable for younger children, especially if You have not had the discussion of police brutality with them yet. As a result, we have chosen to omit the Cleverly Cultured Kids segment in today's episode. If you find yourself homeschooling, for whatever reason, this is an episode that you'll need to hear. If you're a new listener to our podcast, I'd like to thank you for joining us. I'm Elle. An entrepreneur, mom to twin girls, and this podcast is not only for parents who homeschool their children, but it is for all parents who want to supplement their child's education. Our goal is to provide you with encouragement, insight about African history, and support as a parent and home educator. New episodes are uploaded bi-weekly, so please remember to subscribe and share. If you want to keep this podcast going, please consider supporting it by donating to our Patreon page at a low monthly cost. Today's African proverb is, a little hope each day can fill rivers to overflowing, which is a Liberian proverb. It's now time for the word of the episode.
1: Dun-dun. Matumaini means hope in Swahili.
0: It's interesting that today's episode is sponsored by Play Black Wall Street because in 1921, On May 31st, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Greenwood District, which was known during that time as Black Wall Street, it was reported that a Black man had raped a white woman and the city went up in flames. 300 people died, that's recorded, but history tells us that even more people died and 800 were injured. It's interesting that that city was in flames because right now on May 29th, 2020, the city of Minneapolis, Minnesota is in flames because George Floyd was killed by a police officer. Today's topic is about Generation Z who will soon be taken over. They will soon be in charge. And it seems like what we're living in are similar times as it was in 1921. So as you listen to today's episode, It's so important for us to teach our children about our history and to let them know that we have overcome things in the past and we will overcome today. We are a people who have faced many days and nights of adversity, but we do not let them hold us down. We do not let oppression get the best of us. We rise from the flames and we must unite. We must continue to learn, continue to grow and continue to achieve. So when you listen to today's episode, know that although our history doesn't seem to change much we are still a resilient people so remember that today and each day moving forward okay welcome to another cleverly changing episode I am one of the co hosts, Elle, from the blog cleverlychanging.com. And today we have a special conversation with someone who is young and who has an opinion about what's going on in the world today. So we are going to get started. Can you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, I'm Sunia. Um political science major just well, I'll be a graduate this summer so yeah
0: so we're just gonna jump into the conversation when I was young I remember that the Rodney King riots took place and as far as my recollection Rodney King was beat up by cops and it caused a riot in LA and i just remember watching the news and seeing the city burning and i didn't understand what was happening in the world in regards to race relations i was pretty young around the time and i really thought we had overcome many of the race relations issues but now that i'm an adult And I'm a mom and an aunt and so forth, I see that we haven't really come that far. Yeah. So I wanted to hear from somebody who was really, you know, it's it's the future generation. You're a part of the future generation. You are you're a part of, gener- you're a millennial just like me, so I guess we're part of the a- generation, but... It's
1: weird, because some people say that I'm a part of Generation Z, like, it depends on what you're looking at, because I'm in 97, it's just like right there in the middle, kind of.
0: Okay, so do you <laughs> consider yourself a Gen Z-er or a millennial?
1: I don't identify with that, <laughs> I feel more like a millennial. Okay. All right, so I want
0: to know right now, I feel like every other month, really maybe even every other week, there is a new case that enters the news that is very upsetting. What happens is people are getting killed by the police, but every time that somebody gets killed by the police, it doesn't cause an uproar and riots and looting and burning of buildings like it does now i remember burning well i want you to tell me when do you remember burning of buildings riots and looting taking place in response to police brutality
1: um i'm going to say do you remember the last time we went to Myrtle Beach together I, I don't so I forget I, I feel bad it, it happened so many times well it's so many names I forget which one it happened was that in twenty twenty 20- oh, wow. six? 26 do I you remember that
0: I do I do remember the last time that we went to Myrtle Beach together in I even- do I'm not 100% sure of the year but it may be Um, You mentioned 2016. That very well could be
1: 2016. Yeah. Do you remember? I forgot which one it was for.
0: I'm going to do a quick search and see.
1: Because I remember being on vacation and then at night watching the news.
0: Oh, that was Mike Brown. Yes. Yes. That was definitely Mike Brown, because I, I remember being on the beach, and in that particular instance, I had a cover-up that had the United States flag on it, and people were like, is she aware of what's going right. on in this world?
1: And, yeah, and I remember standing, you know, it was me, mom, and my four little brothers, and this white lady came up, and she was like, I just want to let you know that you guys, your sons are so beautiful and i think that was her trying to tell us you know that i'm sorry kind of right right yeah
0: so the I the mean, mike brown case to me it it shook me in a different way because right? when it was happening I remember going on Twitter and I remember reading someone's live feed that was doing a play by play of what was happening and what he had recorded and what he had reported was basically Mike Brown was uh, walking away. He wasn't even close to the police when the police shot him. So in some, in some instances people often rebuttal that, these killings are happening because someone is resisting arrest.
1: And but, I believe that's yes.
0: But in is that particular two? instance, I remember hearing the young man say, he, you know, he shot him in the back. You know, right. there's, he wasn't even near him, he was walking away. And I just remember that. And I remember thinking, we haven't come very far. Those words entered my mind at the time. Right. So do you know how old you were um, back
1: then? I had to be 17, because it was like the year before I entered, it was 2014, I think. So I had to be around 17 or 16. I'm going to say 17 going on to college next year, getting ready to go to college.
0: Yeah, it was in 2014. So you were right. It was in 2014 that it happened. Um, It was August 9, 2014, and it was right before we went on vacation. And while we were there, the nation was in turmoil, much like it is today. And today, the story isn't about a teenager being gunned down. It's about a man who supposedly had been caught. Call- the police had been called because he had um, a
1: fake- allegedly forged Alleg- a fake check.
0: Allegedly? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which should not. My problem with each of these is that there's an accusation and then there's a death. Like, exactly, it's, it's like an execution that follows an accusation. And we were always taught growing up in the U.S. that you are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Right. But what we have been seeing playing out in the news, on the internet, on social media, in different places, what we see is that when there is a person of color involved, often the law is taken into the hands of other people. In the case of Trayvon Martin, it was the case of the neighborhood self-appointed watch leader. In the case of philando castile was the case where the the police shot him yep in the case of sandra bland we don't really have clarity of what happened to sandra bland we know brianna taylor was she was in her home and was shot you know so we can we can just call out names really moment after moment after moment after moment because it's happened so many times and in this instant the police held his knee on the neck of George Floyd until George Floyd died so from a young person's perspective how does that impact you
1: how does it impact me um it 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 really it, it impacts me greatly not only being a young person but being a a young black person it doesn't give you much hope you know but it also makes you want to do more it makes you not want to give like i don't I don't know how to explain it. But it's, it's it's a very deep impact. It makes me sad to have four little brothers. But also with like Sandra Bland and Brianna Teller, it makes me scared for my own life. Like driving around in Philadelphia at night on my way home from work. It's, it's very scary. And it's sad that my grandmom had to live through this, and now I'm also living through it. You would think that there will be much change between the generations, but it's not. We're living through our ancestors' generation all over again.
0: I think that's very powerful, what you just stated. It's scary, it's a scary time. And I remember being in college and one of the scholarships that i wanted to apply for but didn't was where you would write an essay about what's right with america and i always struggled with thinking what is right because as a person of color it seems like what is wrong we're constantly being bombarded with it but i I challenge you to to not just think that we don't have hope. And I know that it's hard to be hopeful in a world where you're not seeing people who are killing other people in cold blood murder being prosecuted. You don't see that. And I think that can be one of the problems but we still have to have hope we still have to believe that if we become legislators if we you know make change we have to believe in order to be able to live in order to be able to go through each day we have to believe that this world can get better that the policies that take place can be better so I challenge you to believe that and I know that it's a scary time because, you know, I'm married to a black man and even though, you know, he's he's an intelligent person, well-spoken and, you know, it doesn't matter. In the world that we live in, it just doesn't matter. I watched a video just yesterday of a doctor who was standing in front of his house loading up supplies to treat the homeless for COVID-19, and he was arrested for littering what was what was allegedly littering, because you know there was no proof at the time. And it, it just seems like what takes place in America against black and brown bodies is not fair that we live in a world where it's not equal. And so when we, when we read about the protests that happened during Dr. Martin Luther King's day, and we read about the things that Malcolm X spoke against and fought against, it does seem like we are still facing those same times but i i i refuse to allow the world that we live in to dictate my sanity and to dictate my hope so i challenge you to still be hopeful to still you know get your education and fight for change so just like rosa parks and martin luther king and you know the leaders that we know of in the past just like they caused an impact and then in their generations we have to do the same today and you know when i see the looting and the riots online i understand the rage i remember when it happened not far from me in baltimore after Freddie Gray's death. Yeah. And it takes a long time for a city to rebuild. And as much as I don't want the cities to be destroyed, I understand the frustration and the rage that comes with feeling like you are a black person and you can simply be discarded because no one cares. And I understand that rage. And I understand that everybody isn't going to be nonviolent because everybody is impacted by this in a different way. But from a young person's perspective, what do you think we can do as the people who are here? We're trying to look at this from a rational lens, and there's nothing rational about it. So from your perspective, what can be done?
1: rationally um we have to vote that's what we have to do and like you said we have to get our people who look like us or people who think like us people who understand us and where we come from into offices that way stuff like this wouldn't happen like DAs um the 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 people the DA of uh, um, in Georgia, where the guy got shot from running, they didn't even want to prosecute the shooters. Right. At least. Have so the district,
0: someone? you're talking about the district attorney in Georgia yes. after the Ahmed case um, where mm-hmm. he was jogging.
1: Yep. I just think rationally, if we want to be rational, if we don't want to, I don't, I don't think it's irrational to lose. And to protest in destroy the destroyed cities, I don't think that's irrational at all. I, I I think it's irrational to kill a to kill a man with your knee in his neck. But if we want to do it the way that they do it, we do need to vote. And not for the presidential election because the president don't get much done, as we know. We need to vote locally. We need to vote our like statewide. We need to vote for Senate. That's what we need to do. We need to run our own campaigns. Not only do we need to vote, but our people need to run.
0: Right. So it's about running for office and... I like that you you brought up the Senate because it really, you know, even on a local level, it's finding out who those people who are on the seat to be judges are in your exactly. local districts. Find out who they are before you just go to the ballot and choose someone based on their party. you got to choose people based on their receipts. What have they right. done for you lately? Where's their mindset? Do they care about the issues that you care about? And so I love that you Brought out, you know, we definitely have to vote for people that care about us, but we also have to be the people running for those offices and running those campaigns. So I love that you're looking at it from a grassroots level because if we want change, we have to be the change.
1: Yes, um, I wrote a senior thesis about that actually. Well, it turned well. First, my question in the senior thesis was like, why don't African Americans vote? And it end up turning into a paper about descriptive representation, which is the reason why we don't vote because we don't have people that we relate to in office, so as much as 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 much as it is about voting it's also about running and seeing someone like us and relating to that person and that's just it's like that's almost the only way
0: mm. i I also like that you said that. In your perspective it's not irrational to to burn things because you 're angry because a system that has been passed down and is traditional in the country that you live in hasn 't protected you so what do you do? Yes, you vote so that 's one of the ways that you know getting on the grassroots level that 's one of the ways we can impact change, but for the people who need I, you know, I can't necessarily explain why they're doing what they're doing um because we haven't necessarily seen it produce outcomes that impact change.
1: I think that it produced one outcome, and I think had we not done this, I don't think they would have seen our anger, and I think that's why we have to do both. Not only do we vote, but we need to show them that we are angry. um I don't condone violence but this I feel like was kind of necessary in a way. Earlier, I didn't was I, someone at my job was talking about it, and earlier I was just like, "Uh," but now it's, it's just necessary. I feel like because it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been brought up as much. This would have been last. This would have been lasted a couple of days at most. But now, stuff is on fire, and everybody is like, "Oh, what's going on?" I think it's necessary.
0: So I'm I'm gonna just go as far as to say that if we were just angry on social media, our voices would be minimalized and people wouldn't realize it was as big of a problem as it is. It's not until it starts to affect people in the pockets and they see real tangible things burning that they realize the rage that exists. And it's like, this is impacting us so much that it has resulted to this, so it causes them to see in a greater and a wider magnitude of how much of a concern this is to our community when those things take place right wow, I, I think that's you know that's a, that's a, a one perspective and one way to look at it and I, I appreciate you for being honest and sharing because. You know, for me, it's always been a struggle to say, you know, why are you tearing up your own communities? But in in reality, while I say that in my mind, I also recognize that many of these communities, we can't truly call home if we don't feel safe. So while we may physically live there, it may not be our home.
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: So wow that's that's a pretty pretty deep perspective. So you know I I want to I want to bring up the young woman who recorded the video. I was scrolling through social media and I saw that she is she's having trouble sleeping and rightly so because if you see someone that is murdered right before your eyes you know, it is safe to assume that your life has changed forever. Right. If you could say anything to that young woman, what, how would you encourage her to keep going? How? Hmm. Because I think on one hand, she saw it in person,
1: but right. on the
0: other hand, every person who looked at that video has seen it and they've been impacted not yeah, I was to as great a degree, but their lives have been changed forever. I personally, when I'm scrolling through, I can't actually watch those videos because it does something to you that I don't want to happen to me. So I actually don't, I've actually not ever seen any of those videos because yeah, it's not been. something that I'm willing to allow into my psyche. And, and right. that's just to protect myself so that I can, it's, it's my coping mechanism in order to be able to go on. Because it's like, when you do see something like that, it's, it's hard to really separate it and place it.
1: Right, I agree. I haven't, I haven't watched, I don't like to watch those videos either. Um, however, her recording that video Although we've seen a lot of recordings of videos like that, but had she not recorded the video, who's to say what could have happened or what they could have uh, said happened that actually didn't happen? We know exactly how he died, and for her, we we have we have to thank her for that. It could have been a Sandra Bland situation easily, where we don't know what happened to her, but she got it on video, and. Like, we know who to hold responsible for this. We know that it's not a mystery. We know that those police, the policeman killed that man because of her. And I know it's hard, but we have her to thank for that. You're
0: absolutely right. What was the feeling that came over you when you heard that the four policemen who were involved had been fired? Because that's, that's, for me, that was one of the first times where action had been taken so quickly.
1: I wanted them to do more than just fire them so quickly. I just, to me, it's like, I don't think that should be surprising to us. That should be a standard. You know what I mean? And we should not be surprised by the policemen for getting fired for killing a man. That should happen every single time. I want us to make that a standard. I want them not only to fire them as soon as they did, but I want them to make arrests and not sit down and wait for charges and think about what kind of charges should we bring to this guy. It's obviously first degree, and then anybody who didn't do anything is an asset or an accessory to murder, and it should be made within that day, point blank, period. So I think it's progress, but it's progress that should have been made years ago. Progress is slow. Right.
0: Yeah. So it's like you can't even feel good for knowing that they've been arrested because that is not enough. That is simply not enough. And to the family of, to Mr. Floyd's family, my heart goes out to them because time and time again, when research is done and people look into the records of the officers who take these sort of actions we often find that this wasn't the first time that something similar may have occurred and so by the young woman taking the video and by those officers getting fired what we do know is that they are no longer in the position to do it in that same capacity again. And for that, I'm grateful. But again, I am also with you in saying that I agree with you 100% that it's not enough. But to this next generation, you know, i want to know what what have you been told to keep yourself safe because you you talked about safety being an issue and we don't want to live in fear because that's no way to live so you know what what have your parents told you about or your mom told you about you know how to keep yourself safe and you know told your brothers what message do you have for other young people who are dealing with the same and it's not just young people, it's all of us. <laughs> for for anybody <laughs> who's living that is a person of color, this is something that we live on a daily basis. What what do you think and what have you been told to
1: keep you safe? Um, well, like by being stopped by police officers. Yes. Um just just the comply basically although that we we know that that does not do much but you don't make any sudden movements you let them know I'm grabbing my license this is what I'm doing and I can't say that I was really taught that you I, maybe my mom sat there with my brothers but I think she tries to like have us avoid those situations as much as possible so that that won't even happen like being drive, like safe Making sure our cars are okay. All our lights are on. If not, we're not driving the car. You know what I mean? Being, not being out too late. I, you, well, you know, my mom is like, she has like a hot temper. So to be quite honest, even seeing her getting stopped, I can't say that she always followed those rules, but yeah. <laughs> we just try to avoid those like situations. Right.
0: So prevention is the best key. So try right. to, you know, and I I love that you brought that up because we don't really know what the future holds and there is no tried and true rule that we could share that will save somebody's life because we've definitely heard about people who complied, you know, because all of the cases that we hear in regard, all of the, Eyewitness testimony that we hear in regards to Floyd, they all say that he was compliant from the beginning. Yep. So you're saying avoid the situation at all costs. And I think
1: that even that, yeah, it's like drive the
0: speed limit. Like we intentionally drive the speed limit, we intentionally try to follow the rules to the T. And I just, you know, there really is a double standard in this world because there are some children in this world who can act out and be youthful in the way that they're allowed to make mistakes. But right. when brown youth of color, their mistakes can cost them their life in yeah. ways that don't apply to other communities and that is just completely different and and it's mind-boggling
1: it and it's very difficult for me to like see that this guy lost his life for an alleged forged check like i work at best buy and i see a lot of people get the police get called on for much worse than forged checks credit card fraud still like theft sometimes the police don't even take them out in handcuffs so i couldn't imagine us calling. The police for fraud and then this guy is dying right in you know the place that i work in i just because it doesn't when i see it, i work in a place in the area that is outside of philadelphia so the population is mostly white so the the people that still at that store is almost every, all white and i've never seen a situation get escalated escalate so quickly like yeah. that
0: yeah, I, th- I think what you're saying definitely struck me. And I know that the store owners who called the police probably are really feeling overwhelmed with grief because had they not called the police, George Floyd would probably still be alive today. And, yep. and I think it's very important for people to understand that Forgery does not equal execution. It was wrong, and wrong behavior does have consequences, but the consequence should not at all have been death. And that's where we see where our lives are considered dispensable and in this generation in 2020 in this decade we want more we want more out of life we want more accountability for officers we want more accountability for people who are in charge as far as your mayor's your governor's your judges your DA's your prosecutors, even the defense attorneys, because sometimes in many cases, the defense attorneys that are appointed for free, in many cases, they're not even doing a good job to it's represent horrible. your clients. So we want yeah. better for people of color in general on all fronts. I agree. So, in closing, what, what words do you want to leave with the audience? What do you want them to know about young people who are, who are living today? How, you know, we, we are angry because our world hasn't gotten better. Um, but I'm sorry, can you say that again? What do you want the audience to know in regards to these situations we're angry because things haven't gotten better but you know what what can we say going forth what can we tell the young generation to do and what do you know like should our parents be having town hall meetings with their kids like what more can be done
1: of course um encourage to vote if you're over 18. Let's encourage everybody to vote. Let's take younger kids to town hall meetings and let's not let this disappear. Let's keep on pushing. Even if we don't have a next victim in the next couple months, it needs to continue. We need to continue keep keeping this pushing and raising awareness so we can prevent another black man or woman from dying at the hands of police officers.
0: Well thank you so much for spending time to talk to the cleverly changing audience. I appreciate just hearing your words and getting to know what is on your heart when it comes to this situation i also consider myself a young person but you know for the generation that's even younger than me it's like i don't even know what to tell you guys because yeah. you know i thought things had gotten better but obviously that wasn't the case and as social media has brought to light what has been going on all along it's like it's pulled back the layer of an onion. And each week, we find that there's a whole other ugly layer that exists. And it's like, wow, what do we do? And so I think the words that you have just given us are words of hope and wisdom. And I appreciate you. And I appreciate you being so open and candid to share your thoughts. So thank you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right, that's all folks.